for the win. It's good. Fires over the middle. Collins at the goal line. Touchdown, Miners. This is the Mineshaft, a UTEP football podcast, part of the Republic of Football Network. Now here's your host, Colin Deaver, and former UTEP kicker, Gavin Beckley. A solo mission of the mine shaft. Gavin Beckley is working. I don't know why he would do that. I uh, I guess technically I'm working. Sort of. I have a job. Doesn't feel like work sometimes. Anyways, this is the mine shaft. I'm Colin Deaver. A solo podcast today, breaking down UTEP's quite stunning 27 to 14 victory over Florida International on Wednesday night. The Cade McConnell breakout game for the miners uh as always we are brought to you by home field apparel get 20 or 15 off excuse me get 15 off your first time purchase of any utep home field apparel using the promo code mineshaft at uh checkout again first time purchases 15 off this is the mineshaft we are a dave campbell's republic of football network podcast and how about last night We were looking for consistent play at the quarterback position for UTEP all season long. It turns out it was sitting on the bench holding a clipboard the entire season. Cade McConnell, the fourth string quarterback, and as recently as three weeks ago, sets the world on fire in this game, folks. 11 of 17, 262 yards and two touchdowns, a QBR of 88.2. That is by far the best QBR rating uh, of anybody for UTEP this season, the next best rating uh, before this game was Gavin Hardison against Incarnate Word had a QBR of 57.2 per ESPN. Gavin and I said on the pregame podcast earlier this week, we thought this was going to be a low-scoring game. We thought the defense might need to get a touchdown. We thought maybe they needed a special teams touchdown. We thought they would lean heavily on the ground game. Uh, the defense did have a good outing they forced a couple of turnovers no touchdowns um the rushing attack which utep always wants to lean on regardless of who's playing quarterback pretty solid Torrance spurgis and deon hankins uh rushing for uh 43 times 139 yards between the two of them but really the story of this game and rightfully so is Cade mcconnell and the passing attack especially in that first quarter uh kelly akari the wide receiver for utep eight catches 223 yards he is the first UTEP wide receiver to go over 200 yards in a game since 2012. His 223 yards is tied for the fifth most in school history in a single game. So just a tremendous performance from UTEP in that uh, in that game in the passing attack, especially in the first quarter at like 175 of McConnell's 262 yards passing came in the first quarter when he was just lighting the world on fire. And like we said, we've been looking for consistent quarterback play for the Miners all season long, haven't really gotten it. Hardison has been their most consistent, the four-year starter, but five touchdowns, seven interceptions on the year for him. Uh, when he got injured a couple weeks ago, Kevin Hurley and Jake McNamara tried their best against Louisiana Tech. Neither of them was very efficient in the passing game, and then both, of course, getting hurt in that game. And then McConnell, uh, the son of a former Division One quarterback, his father, Sean, played at East Carolina in the 90s. Um, McConnell just kind of coming out of nowhere. We reported all week long on KTSM and on this podcast that we were expecting him to start. 
um, if Gavin Hardison wasn't going to be able to go. And that is indeed uh, what happened in this game for UTEP. Um, we we kind of hinted at it that, you know, maybe, and I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't really think this was going to happen, but we joked on the podcast earlier this week that, you know, maybe he had a little bit of Brock Purdy in him that he could come in and uh, just do what exactly what UTEP needed to do uh, to get the victory. And look, he wasn't on the level of a Brock Purdy, you know, obviously, you know, his first start at the collegiate level. But one thing that he did really well that I think Brock Purdy for the 49ers gets a lot of credit for is his processing. He was so good at decision-making, making choices as quickly as possible, uh, making the right decision. Let's go through the drives for UTEP. They got the ball first uh, to open the game. They go 11 plays, 75 yards in six minutes. Uh, the two passes that he threw on that drive uh, – back-to-back plays for first downs, nine yards to Jeremiah Ballard on a comeback route, and then he found Kelly Akari over the middle, 13 yards on a slant. But really, he didn't have to do a whole lot on that first drive for UTEP. Most of it was Deion Hankins and Torrance Burgess, and I think that really helped Cade McConnell uh, get comfortable in the UTEP offense early, um, just make letting him make a couple of, of easy throws, but more or less relying on the ground game uh, to help him settle in. They Again, 11 plays, 75 yards, six minutes off the clock, ends in a one-yard touchdown run by Deion Hankins. The defense forces a punt. Immediately, UTEP gets the ball back, and this was the play of the game and kind of the the wow moment for Cade McConnell. Uh, first play after the punt, he just chucks up a deep ball for Kelly Akari, who catches the ball in stride, as good of a throw as you're ever going to see at any level, and Akari does the rest 80 yards on the touchdown. If you go back and watch the route that Akari ran, beautiful stop-and-go route, froze the defender uh, in stride, um, and then just kept going, and McConnell hit him. And that's something I don't know that we totally knew that McConnell had in his repertoire, just the ability to throw the deep ball with such precision. He did it multiple times in this game. He found Akari on a deep ball later in the game. Uh, I think he found Ballard for one. And then on their third drive after a, a turnover on downs by FIU, again, this is still in the first quarter, they go three plays, 72 yards. Yeah, 50 yards downfield to Jeremiah Ballard. Um, and then after a one-yard loss on a run by Deion Hankins, they go play action, and McConnell uh, off the bootleg to his right finds Akari wide open in the back of the end zone. So great route running, I think, by UTEP wide, UTEP's wide receivers in that first quarter. But then McConnell's ability to, you know, take what the defense gave him, find open receivers in a way that we, again, have not seen UTEP quarterbacks do this year um, was just what stuck out about him um, the most. Uh, just a fantastic showing. I called it on Twitter last night, one of the most stunning quarters of football I've ever covered in 12 years of, of doing this, just because it was. It was completely out of nowhere. Um, you weren't starting a fourth string quarterback. I mean, anywhere you're not expecting a performance like that from what we saw from Cade McConnell last night. So uh, we'll see if he can keep it rolling um, against New Mexico state next Wednesday at the sun bowl in the 100th battle of I 10 Gavin and I will break that down more uh, as the week goes on. But I mean, what a performance from Cade McConnell uh, making his first career start. He is rightfully the story of the game. Um, right behind him, we discussed a little a little bit, is, is Kelly Akari. Again, eight catches, 223 yards, and those two touchdowns. 155 of those yards came in the first quarter alone when UTEP was really just airing it out and kind of putting on display what uh, that offense can do when things are really uh, humming along for him. 
Um, Akari, like I said, he's the it's the fifth most receiving yards in a single game by a UTEP wide receiver. First 200 plus yard game uh, since 2012 by a minor. And he's shown flashes of what he can do in his UTEP career. But Kelly Akari has never really put it together for a full game like he did um, on Wednesday night against FIU. I think he came into the game with something like 290 total receiving yards. Obviously, 223 uh, after this one. He had only had one 100-yard receiving game this season. He had a four-catch, 92-yard game against UNLV, but really had largely been held in check for a lot of the season uh, since the Jacksonville State game when he had a touchdown catch and dropped a couple of touchdowns that would have given UTEP a victory in that game. Um, So a breakout game by Akari, no doubt. Look, he's a guy that when you just look at him, he looks the part of a power five wide receiver, six, one, one He's got speed for days, but again, just has never put it together completely. Um, I think inconsistent quarterback play has certainly led to that uh, for, for him. So maybe uh, he had with this rapport he has with uh, Cade McConnell, maybe Akari can get going. They certainly will need him to step up. We don't know the status of Tyron Smith moving forward. He hasn't played since the Arizona game with a hamstring injury. He's only played four games this year. Perhaps he just takes his red shirt that he still has available to him. Kind of all up in the air right now for Tyron Smith. But if he continues to not play this year, they will need Kelly Akari and Jeremiah Ballard, but especially Akari to continue uh, stepping up in this way. We said that the run game would be something that the Miners needed to lean on. They did it on that first drive. And then, you know, those second drives, it was four play. They scored two touchdowns and four plays on the, because McConnell was just, you know, slicing them up in the passing game but once they got up 21 to nothing uh you saw what we always kind of see from UTEP's offense under Dana Dimmel they kind of slow it down ramp it down and just try to take time off the clock um I don't necessarily agree with that strategy I mean you kind of get into a situation like they did where FIU was able to get some momentum they kind of got back in the game never got closer than 10 points did FIU thanks to the Miners defense but it probably got a little bit more um, competitive than maybe it should have when you go uh, you exit the first quarter up 21 to nothing um, Miners only averaged only managed excuse me uh, six more points um, after the first quarter those were two of course Buzz Flaviano field goals he missed a couple as well um, yeah missed two field goals in this game so it could have it could have been more points for UTEP uh, had he managed to knock in a field goal a couple of times in the first half and then in the second half. It also could have been more if they hadn't kind of ramped things down and just elected to take time off the clock and uh, play it safe and and take their points. Um, But again, I think you have to tip your cap to the UTEP offense for, for what it was able to do. And then, you know, they limited mistakes. They didn't have a turnover last night for the first time all season long. Um, And that's, again, a a credit to Cade McConnell for just managing the offense. He made plays when he needed to, but beyond that, he uh he was a game manager a, a a very good game manager he he put the offense in in good spots and just kind of let people work when they needed to so we'll talk about the the uh, rush run game now Hankins again 19 carries 62 yards and the touchdown on the first drive um and then Torrance Burgess 20 carries 86 yards no touchdowns for him but you know that when things got a little dicey for UTEP I, and I thought that FIU was going to completely rally and and come back from a 21 point deficit and win it. It was Burgess for the offense that kind of made um, 
the important plays to keep the chains moving for UTEP to keep the offense on the field and put them in a position to either kick a field goal or to completely flip the field and let their defense work um, in, you know, kind of deep in FIU's own territory, uh, which was good for UTEP. Um, so I think every the, the ground game did what they needed to do. Was it as electric as we saw a few weeks ago against Incarnate Word? No, but it was effective. It balanced out the, the passing attack really nicely, um, and it was what UTEP needed. Now, defensively, the star of the night has to go to Praise Mehule, um, who finally – we've been talking about the possibility of him doing this for two years now. Um, he finally broke the all-time career sacks record at UTEP uh, with a sack in the third quarter. That gives him 20-and-a-half uh, on the on his career, so congratulations to Praise Mehule for setting the all-time UTEP sacks record. Um, guy who's been at UTEP since 2019, older guy, um, but with the body type that I think a lot of NFL scouts like. Um, you know, certainly his production hasn't been what it's probably needed to be the last couple of seasons to warrant him leaving school to go try his try his hand in the draft, but. Now, after last night, he's got four sacks on the season, which is more than he had all of last year, I believe. He has two forced fumbles, and he also has an interception. So, praise Mehule maybe now turning into a guy that, you know, could have a future in the NFL um, if he continues uh, playing the way he's played in his final season. Um, UTEP will need him to do so. You know, they obviously get to two and five with this victory, um, which is not where we thought – they had a chance to be given all the talent that the miners put out on the field every single game, but maybe this game is the turning point and maybe praise of Mehule is one of the big reasons for it. So he had that sack that gave him the all-time record, but the, then he also forced a really big fumble uh, in the fourth quarter uh, as UTEP was trying to ice the game a little bit. FIU was still in the game. The miners weren't completely out of the woods just yet. Uh, when he forced his fumble, James Neal recovered it, um, and that really uh, ended up being the uh, the game for UTEP. Maurice Westmoreland uh, contributed as well to this. He, the, the Miners had a, a season-high six sacks in this game. Westmoreland had two and a half of them. He also had uh, three and a half tackles for loss. So uh, he he no doubt played a big role in this game. And Tory Richardson an interception in the third and the fourth quarter as again, the UTEP defense showed up in the second half um, to kind of ice the victory for the miners, Tory Richardson, his first career interception, and then goes and celebrates in front of the Lambo uh, at FIU stadium. I believe the term is walking your trap, take over your trap. And that's what UTEP did last night uh, on the road. The offense was the story in the first half, really the first quarter, the defense was the story uh, beyond that holding Kiwan Jenkins in check, the, Freshman quarterback for FIU, he was just 12 of 24, 216 yards and an interception, held him to just 91 yards rushing. So, you know, give the defense all kinds of credit for um, forcing, again, two turnovers um, and holding that uh, FIU offense in check. We thought they would need to win the turnover margin. They certainly did that. Uh, again, no turnovers for the first time for UTEP all season. They won the time of possession, 32 minutes to 27 minutes. Um, and then on third down, five of, just 5 of 13 on third down uh, were UTEP, but FIU was 2 of 11 and just 1 of 4 on fourth down. So a really good job by the UTEP defense to um, get the Panthers' offense off the field when they needed to. Um, and I, I forgot to mention off the top, this was their first win in the state of Florida, just their sixth win in their last 41 road games. So this hasn't happened very often 
for the miners over the last few years. Um, and really it was in dominant fashion for, you know, major portions um, of the game, save for, you know, maybe a couple minutes here and there uh, in the third quarter when it was a little bit touch and go, but again, they were still up by double digits, uh, 24-14, and then obviously the final score, 27-14, after Flaviano kicked the field goal uh, in the fourth quarter. I cannot wait to get Gavin's thoughts on Buzz Flaviano's celebration that went viral. I think Pat McAfee picked it up. Uh, probably should have been offsetting penalties. Uh, he got a he got an excessive celebration taunting penalty. Probably should have been offsetting penalties because FIU's guy ran into him on the on the made field goal. So um, not sure why that wasn't called, but we'll see. I, like I said, I want to get Gavin's thoughts on uh, Buzz Flaviano's excessive celebration penalty, where he kind of got in the face of the FIU defender. So uh, now UTEP will turn its attention uh, to Big One Battle of I ten at the Sun Bowl. It's the second consecutive year that they've gotten rival New Mexico State at home. Uh, that's just kind of how the Conference USA schedule worked out this season. It's the 100th edition of the Battle of I-10. UTEP has won the last two matchups uh, in the rivalry as well. So some history is on their side. Gavin and I, like I said, we'll break down that game uh, much more in another podcast coming your way uh, next week as, as it gets closer. Uh, I just wanted to do something today real quick to kind of break down uh, you know, what we saw from UTEP um, in that win over FIU. Said it on Twitter last night. I just simply don't know how you can start anybody other than Cade McConnell in the battle of I-10, even if Gavin Hardison is healthy, frankly, because McConnell has looked better than anybody that UTIP has put at quarterback this year. Uh, now, it, it was one game, and maybe if, if Hardison is healthy, I still think you start McConnell next week if he – continues with the hot hand you keep him in there if things go south then you you know then you can throw in uh you know hardest and again if he's healthy we have not really confirmed or know yet if he will be healthy with that injury to his throwing arm they usually test it out you know the day before the game so but i think given everything that he showed last night against florida international you have to give Cade mcconnell um another opportunity uh you got to ride the hot hand and see if he can get it done again against the NMSU team that will come in on a two-game winning streak really should be three. They blew a game at Hawaii a couple weeks ago. Um, they're four and three above 500 for the first time this season. Their quarterback, Diego Pavia, has been pretty good the last couple of weeks. I think over 300 yards of total offense in back-to-back -back games, uh, six total touchdowns in those games. Uh, they're coming off a 27-13 win over Sam Houston uh, last night at home. So, like I said, we will get into all of that um, later this week with Gavin. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, just had to highlight um, what UTEP did uh, last night against FIU uh, to get their first win over an FBS opponent this season and improve to two and five on the year. A lot of things have to go their way right now to become bowl eligible. They still have to win four more games. The schedule is going to get a lot tougher uh, here down the stretch. You got New Mexico State, then you go on the road to Sam Houston, then close with Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, and uh, Liberty. They can only lose one of those final five games. Uh, they have to win four of their final five now to, to be bowl eligible. I think the deck is stacked against them, but based on what we saw you know, last night with Cade McConnell um, and the UTEP defense, if they can somehow managed to put that together um, once again next week against New Mexico State. You know, maybe you got something there for the Miners. So uh, one little programming note for KTSM. Uh, we will be doing a hour-long Battle of I-10 live show, uh, pregame show, from 6 to 7 p.m. next Wednesday, October 18th. Uh, 
counting you down to kickoff to get everybody ready for the 100th battle of I-10. We'll have feature stories um, on both schools, interviews with, uh, I think, the presidents of both schools, perhaps the athletic directors. It'll be a huge uh, team effort, you know, all the way around for uh, for all of us at KTSM as we try to get you ready for kickoff um, of the 100th battle of I-10. It deserves all the bells and whistles, kind of uh, one of those rivalries that gets lost in college football, but is one that people in this region care a lot about so we'll certainly bring it to you so that'll do it a little quick edition of the mineshaft uh today um but we will uh bring you a longer one next week to get you ready for the battle of i-10